Well, welcome back to Whiskey Wednesday. <laughs> we haven't done one of these in a while. It was an original thing that we did, and I want to bring it back. You know, Whiskey Wednesday, it's a, it's a great one for quick questions, quick answers, and quick drinks. It's back. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about 2 Kings 2, 23 through 24, where we've got some uh, nasty bears that do a little mauling. <laughs> I know most of you probably skip Kings. You skip right over that. But it's pretty fascinating. And we're going to go into it. So I'm excited for that. <laughs> Welcome to Whiskey Wednesday. Okay, this is a big one, and we're going fast. I'm going to try to talk a little bit faster because the goal for these is to keep them down to like 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes max. That's that's my goal. That's what I'm going to go for. And so for that, in order to do that, I'm going to need to stay focused. And, um, you know, this is why I'm gr- it's great that we have Magic Mind um, to help to help with that. I need Magic Mind to help with that. <laughs> what is that you say? What is Magic Mind? That's a great question. Thank you for asking it. <laughs> it's this um, magical... Actually, I have, a, I have a photo of it. I would love to show you. That's it right there. I'm still waiting for mine to come in the mail. Um, I fell behind. And uh, that's why I'm so... <laughs> it's coming in the mail. Don't worry. Uh, it's this magical little shot that helps make my mind as sharp as a tack. <laughs> you know, with the intention span of a squirrel, which is what I have, that's why I need these guys, too. <laughs> it can be difficult for me to stay focused on something. It, it can it can really... It's hard for me to stay focused on things sometimes. <laughs> with, so it's great because... Um, let me hold this picture back up. Sorry, audio listeners. You don't get to see the picture. <laughs> so um, this is great because I struggle to stay focused on things for a long period of time. I'm a self-diagnosed ADHD or as we've been through. <laughs> Everyone's never. <laughs> I'm self-diagnosed. It's probably not real. Um, I just have no self-discipline. So it can be tough for me to really focus on things long term. And so what's great is that when I do take Magic Mind, it's re- it actually becomes really easy for me. My um, I become a little bit more regulated, and I'm able to stay focused and be way more productive on the tasks that are in front of me. And actually, I feel like I become a little bit more creative too, which is a huge win for me. Because um, that's the goal. You don't want to just become like some vegetable that just sits and stares at things, but you want to like <laughs> you want to be able to focus. You want to get stuff done, and that's what this helps. This is what this helps me. Um, do actually, you know, I'm actually able to pay attention to small details better. I I did find that out as well, which is which is kind of cool. Um, you know, sometimes things can just kind of slip through, and you're like, how did that happen? But with Magic Mind, I found that I'm I start catching them. You know, I'm like, I ain't getting past me. <laughs> and so, you know, this is as close as I've been able to come. Probably any of us are ever going to be able to come to having superpowers. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> and it's actually healthy. You know, it's not it's not like bad for you or anything like that. Um, it's got some fancy mushrooms and something called ashwagandha, which is um, an adaptogen, I believe. 
It's really, it's, it's cool. It's pretty sweet. And it's really fun to say. Say it. Ashwagandha. <laughs> Sounds like wind. It's like, whoo. Um, yeah, so we're happening the new year, hopping into the new year here. So let's go ahead and get focused on our resolutions. I'm hyped for this new year. I'm very excited to get some stuff done and see the growth that the Lord has for us as we continue forward um, in the podcast and, uh, and in life. So I'm excited for that. And what better way to do it than have a little bit of extra focus in you to get some magic mind. So only this January, listen close. I said listen tight last time. <laughs> listen close. Listen tight. <laughs> You get one month free this January only. This January, uh, when when you're subscribing for three months. Now, to do that, you got to go to www.magicmind.com slash capital J, capital A, capital N, Jan Tipsy Theology. And I hope you know how to spell that. And um, when you do that, do not, I emphasize, do not forget to use my code for an additional 20% off. Two, zero, two, two, zero, whatever it is, two, zero, 20% off. That code is Theology20, T-H-E-O-L-O-G-Y, two, zero. And the link for that will be in the description if you want to check that out. Um, I hope I'm talking fast enough because <laughs> we got some stuff to get through here. And, um, ooh, that was fun. I'm excited. I'm really excited right now. I've got a lot of energy riding. So, okay, we're hopping into it. We got some drink, Whiskey Wednesday. Let's go. Unraveling Second Kings 2, 23 through 24. Now, this is one that... Um, shout out Rodney <laughs> um, pointed out they found on TikTok they're on the let's let's find the weird stuff in the Bible contradictions and I'm I'm on the other side of like let's dispel these myths and so this is when he brought up and I thought it was fascinating and a perfect topic for what we're talking about today so unraveling Second Kings two twenty three through twenty four so I'm gonna paint a vividly depict <laughs> I'm going to vividly depict a scene for you. Go back to a child, your childhood, when you were in um, Sunday school. Picture the prophet Elisha, S-H-A, Sha. The divine mouthpiece of God, standing resolute at a height of about five foot five. (laughs) A discernible scowl etched on his face, with barely a hair follicle in sight. Before him, a group of boys, young boys not even old enough to answer a telephone, lies on the ground, their bodies marred in their own blood. Bears have ruthlessly torn them apart, a brutal consequence for the audacity of laughing at this bald prophet. <laughs> the moral of that story that, we've, that I was taught, honor your elders and church leaders or stay away from any woods nearby, <laughs> wooded areas. <laughs> stay away from the wooded areas. Um, now, there's. I think there's been a lot of misconceptions about this passage and this this um, this story here. And so, from my studying, I found something a little bit different. And I want to I want to 
pop that open <laughs> and take a look. So before that, though, let's go ahead and read the passage. This is first, Second Kings. <laughs> you already know. I've said it like five times. <laughs> Second Kings 2, 23 through 24. ESV, sorry, Trey. <laughs> he, Elisha, went up there from there. Oh, my gosh. Let me start over. <laughs> he, Elisha, went up from there to Bethel, or Bethel. Um, and while he was going up on the way, some small boys came out of the city and jeered at him, saying, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. And he turned around, and when he saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. And two she-bears came out of the woods and tore 42 of the boys. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> so now... I want to I want to take some time to look into this and um we're going to start with the Hebrew words that are are used here. So the big thing that at least for me when I look at this is we look at it and we think of small like adolescent children just tiny little babes <laughs> innocent innocent boys just doing little boy things and taunting a man not knowing what they were doing. But so I want to look into that because it's like, okay, so it says small boys. What does that mean? Because we don't actually know. And I think that's where we can get in trouble. And that's where a lot of people fall into trouble is when we start assuming things. So let's not assume. So I went ahead and became a nerd and looked into it a little bit. (laughs) And I do not know how to pronounce these words. So I'm sorry if you do. (laughs) So the Hebrew word used here um, is na'ar. N a apostrophe a r is the English version of that. If you want to use rom- Romanized uh, characters, um, which has uh, many different applications, um, it is used very very widely um, in Scripture. So the main translations that I that I saw are lad, adolescent, and young man. That's a big span right there. Um, but it also there's there's connotations in how it refers to people in positions and refers to them in those positions. Um, one of them is servant, um, but I also saw uh, priest and armor bearer and stuff like this, which is interesting. <laughs> so yeah, we see this used um, this word used to describe baby Moses. That would be like the adolescent part, and that's in Exodus two six is where you can find that word. Um, but also, it refer, it's been used to refer to Absalom when he was fully grown in 2 Samuel 14, 21, if you want to look that up. Um, it also has been used to describe those in roles as servants or priests, like I mentioned. And the references to those in particular are Genesis 22, 3, for the servant one, and 1 Samuel 2, 17. So it's a big span of how that word has been used. Um, so it's it's unfair for us to just really focus in on something that is like, a baby. Now, there's a second word there. There's an adjective that's used, small, or katan, <laughs> Q-A-T-A-N. Kind of fun. Um, this translates to small or young. Okay. So now my question is, huh? <laughs> Can we add some more detail to that? Young? What does young mean? What does small mean? So luckily for us, um, we see this used somewhere else in Scripture. We see it used a couple other places in Scripture. Um, and the one in particular that I wanted to look at, um, or that I pulled out here, was um, it's used with King Solomon uh, right when he t- is about to take the throne. And it's believed he's about age, I think it was 20 or 22, somewhere in that range. We'll go with age 20. 
So with that in mind, I think it's fair to say that um, these were not like elementary school children. Um, you know, the words here, um, the words used here may have first used to represent them as males. So um, boys, that idea might have just been referred, used to say like, hey, these are uh, males that we're talking about. And then secondly, the 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 adjective there, I'm sorry, reverse that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm going too fast. Um, but also refer to their occupation um, because we see that as it's used for like servant and um, priest, those kinds of things. So um, these probably weren't just small, innocent children that didn't know any better. Now, I want to add a little bit more to that, a little bit more credence to what I'm saying here, because with that alone, we're like, okay, yeah, it's it's a range, so we don't, basically what it does is it sheds doubt, first of all, of like, we don't really know. But I think there's a little bit more context that we can add to this to make it a little bit lean one way versus the other. And that is Bethel, or Bethel. I'm going to say it like a, like a chach, <laughs> Bethel. <laughs> So, um, Bethel, it's a very, it's actually a very interesting and, um, significant place. So in the passage, we see that that is where Elisha is headed. Um, and then he's greeted outside by the individuals, (laughs) we'll say, since we don't know one way or the other. (laughs) So Bethel was the place where Abraham built one of the first altars mentioned in the Bible, it is also where Jacob had his dream and where his name was changed to Israel. Those are some big stuff. Um, it's where the tabernacle also the tabernacle also resided there um, for some time during the book of Judges. However, after Israel was divided, Jeroboam, who is the king of the, the northern territories there, he decided to set up um, golden calves in Bethel to worship um, Baal or Baal. <laughs> We're going to go with Baal on that one. I'm going to sound like an American. <laughs> um, so it, it became, it, first it was this place of significance to honor the Lord. Um, and it was in worship for him. And it switched to let's worship um, Baal. Kind of nasty. I think they also did some child sacrificing to Baal too, which is kind of creepy, kind of messed up. Um, so, okay, so with that, let's continue on with this. Um, and the things that were, that were being said to Elisha as well, the taunts that they gave him, I think there's something a little bit more to that, which again, adds some more credence to the age of these individuals and their place. Like what were, what was their occupation (laughs) for lack of a better word? So let's go ahead and, and look at the the words that they said it was go up you bald head now that's a very specific way to make fun of somebody <laughs> you're like that's some insider joking going on or something i'm gonna need one of these for that you audio listeners i just took a drink i know we're going fast on wiki, whiskey wednesday wiki wednesday <laughs> whiskey wednesday um okay so elisha was met outside of bethel by these young men and they taunted him by saying go up you bald head Now, let's zoom out really quick. So before this story, before the story of the bears that we're in right now, what happened? What's going on? So um, Elisha has just succeeded Elijah, um, the prophet Elijah. And Elijah was taken up in chariots of fire to heaven. He's actually one of the, I believe, two people in the Bible to never actually die 
but they were taken up before their death. Um, kind of cool, kind of significant. And so Elisha was his Elisha was his successor, and he was to be the prophet after him. Um, so it says that um, after this happens, after uh, Elijah Elijah is taken up in the chariots, Elisha is then um, in Jericho, and there are the sons of the prophets that were in Jericho say. Um, that the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. They recognize that Elisha is the successor of Elijah. And, um, but they also requested to send 50 strong men to go search for Elijah's corpse because they thought that the spirit of the Lord may have you know, caught him up, but then cast him down um, into a mountain or in some valley, which is like kind of morbid. <laughs> Which honestly kind of opens up a, a very interesting conversation about the significance of people's bones and where their bodies are buried. But that's a whole different conversation. Definitely open up a can of worms there. Okay, so let's let's pull it back to where we are then. So in light of this, when they're taunting Elisha by saying, Elisha, by saying, go up, what they're probably referring to is this story of, and this belief about what happened to Elijah so they're really telling him, go kill yourself. <laughs> and that's uh, pretty brutal, pretty bad. Um, in the second half of this, they highlight his baldness. First off, rude. <laughs> now, there is some language in Scripture that um, suggests that Elijah um, was a hairy man, or at the least wore very hairy robes. <laughs> There's also something with John the Baptist, I believe, about the same same type of thing. Um, it's a very interesting thing that we don't have time to get into right now. Um, but anyway, so with this, this is this one I think is a little bit thinner of an argument, um, but I still think it's worth saying, is that it's possible that by them highlighting Elisha's baldness, they're denying his succession of Elijah as a prophet. So they're basically saying... Go kill yourself, you fraud, <laughs> which is, that's a bold statement. <laughs> um, so I don't believe with that in light of that, at least in the first half, I don't think we can say these are just some innocent kids just saying some things. And it's possible, and I think this lends, lends itself toward that, that these were probably, this, this group of individuals, these young men that came out to taunt him, to jeer at him, as the ESV says, were probably servants or prophets of Baal that came down to make fun of him and to run him out, basically. So I think that puts the story in a bit of a different perspective um, than how we originally look at this. Um, they were not just children laughing at a bald man. <laughs> They were young men actively sending death threats to somebody, which, serious business. Um, now, the bear mauling. That's, a, that's another aspect of this story. <laughs> so, um, now the bears, we don't know the extent of the injuries of the 42 people that were mauled, the 42 men that were mauled, young men that were mauled in the story. However, I think it's a, it's a stretch to suggest that they all died or that they all lived. I think either one of those is extending what we know too far. It's stretching it a little bit too far. Um, so we don't know, so we can't say. Um, I think it's 
now I, I did look this up, and there's a statistic that um, every year in the U.S. This is in the U.S. specifically. Um, there are 40 bears that bear attacks per year, and only one of those is fatal. Now, it's probably going to be a little bit different back then, and also this is a unique situation. So, but going on those statistics, like maybe one of them died. <laughs> not saying that's not like crazy. <laughs> Still, somebody died. <laughs> maybe. We don't know. They all could have survived. I don't know. We don't know. But all that to say that someone being mauled by a bear doesn't mean death. So for us to paint that picture is unfair to the text. I think it's fair to say that they were all seriously injured. <laughs> I think that's the only thing that we can really say with any level of confidence. Um, is that, yeah, they all seriously got injured. <laughs> now, when we look at this... Um, it's not just, when I look at the story now, when we look at the draw the deeper lesson from this story, it's not just a moralistic tale about respecting your elders. It's a narrative that depicts the battle between righteousness and evil, emphasizing the ongoing war between good and evil. That I think that's what we're looking at here. Because this story is really just a small snippet inside a very large narrative that's being told. In an ongoing story, I think even looking at the history of Bethel and where that is in the succession of Elisha over Elijah and just what is happening at the time. Where is he going? What is, what is he doing? What's he trying to accomplish? Um, I think all of this just plays a bigger role into it and it adds a, a lot of context to the story, which is what's needed. Um, now I think the, the worshipers, uh, of Bill knew what they were doing. I, I believe that. They are not just some innocent group of youngins <laughs> that Sunday school or TikTokers, you know, taught me or told me that it was. Um, when we widen our view in language, culture, and the bigger story, it continually shows us the war between good and evil. And I think on the other side of it, when we look at the the grand scheme of it, it shows that God's faithfulness and God's and God's love toward um, throughout all of it, toward us. Um, the one big thing in here as well, and, um, I must have skipped over it in my notes, but I'm going to go back to it, is, um, Deuteronomy 28, because there's also another thing when, because, um, he curses, he, cur he sends a curse to the people when he turns back and looks at them, and that's when the bears come out, and this, to me, looks like a direct tie-in to Deuteronomy 28, which that chapter... Um, goes into a lot of detail about curses and blessings for obedience and disobedience. And I think that's the big thing that we see here. There, and we see a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, it's not just like God let Bethel just go to a wasteland, but there is a lot of, of attempts to be like, fix what you're doing. Like, I want to, <laughs> to not have to do, you know, have to judge you this way. Um, with Jeroboam especially, if I'm remembering it correctly, um, one of his arms like shriveled and decayed <laughs> and then grew back. And that was a warning to him being like, hey, get rid of these calves. Stop worshiping Baal. Start worshiping the Lord again. Turn turn toward him. Repent and worship worship the Lord. Worship God. Worship Yahweh. And he decided, no, I'm not going to do that. And then what happened, what happens next is that they go out and they start taunting 
the prophet of God. They start taunting. In that term, that prof- those prophets were the mouthpiece of God. And so they were his, re- his direct representatives. They spoke on, on behalf of him and for the Lord. And so doing that, you're making fun of the Lord is what, you're, is what they're doing. And, and taunting, taunting the prophet in that way, it's, it's a very specific and very pointed um, thing. So I, I, think, I, I don't think there's anything that, we shouldn't, that shouldn't be expected in light of all of this, in light of Deuteronomy, in light of the story and what's going on. Not that it's not brutal, because it is brutal, and I think that's an idea, that that shows that sin is serious and it's a big deal, and we need to be we need to pay attention to how to add the moralistic side of it that we were always taught. It is important how we treat others, how what we do, our actions, and what we say, and I think this when we look at just a snippet, that's that's part of what we see here. That's what we see going on, the consequences for our actions. Um, it's brutal. It's a, it's a brutal story. I'm not going to lie. It's a pretty crazy one. <laughs> so um, those are my thoughts on the matter. That's my quick thoughts. I hope I was, I can't really see my time from here, but I hope I did pretty well. I've been talking very fast, and I think I made some good time, uh, especially considering how many pages I had here to work with. Uh, I, would, I would love to hear what you think. Honestly, I'm not, those aren't platitudes. I love the conversation. I love when people disagree with me. <laughs> Because I, I've said it from the beginning, and I'm going to continue saying it. And I, I think, especially this being in the new year, it's important to say, my, my motto for this podcast has always been, truth is truth is truth. Let's be truth seekers. If it's true, it'll always be true no matter what. And I believe that. Um, and I think that's part of the pursuit of truth here. Let's find, let's find the truth. If it doesn't hold up, something's wrong. Because <laughs> it, if it's true, it will hold up under any in, under any circumstances. Um, so I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear your thoughts. I love to hear them. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram at tipsy underscore theology, or if you prefer, if you're not an Instagrammer, you can email me at tipsytheologypodcast at gmail dot com to let me know your thoughts. And I'll have both of those in the description for you to click on. And please. Type those emails up. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Whiskey Wednesday. It's been great. I want to continue doing these. Um, Let me know what you guys think about the format, even if you agree with everything I say. Let me know if you like these formats, Um, if you want to hear more of these. I want to do some more of these as well because I think it's a fun way to take um, little things like this that may not need to be stretched out for a full hour, may not need that that kind of time, but can kind of be delved into in this short amount of time. I hope it's a short amount of time. We'll find out in a minute. <laughs> I'll find out. It's probably going to be like an hour and a half. I'm like, well, I lied. <laughs> no, I'm hoping it's only been 20 minutes. Um, but anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I look forward to hearing from you. And I will talk to you hopefully sooner rather than later. <laughs>